In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the second reading of today's Mass, taken from the first epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians, it's a passage which I think all of us probably have heard before, right? It's familiar to us. It's one of those very quotable sections of Scripture, and it's a favorite choice for weddings. It contains St. Paul's famous canticle of love. Love is patient, love is kind, etc. But when we hear from these letters of St. Paul, we need to remind ourselves that they are, in fact, letters. That is, they were written with a very specific intended audience, and that St. Paul is writing as a bishop of the church, writing to respond to a very specific need at a parish, essentially. So when we read these letters, we're sort of peeking into other people's business. And St. Paul is a real man, writing to real people with real problems, And bishops today still do this, right? I mean, our bishop publishes a column in the Mississippi Catholic every other week. That's essentially what St. Paul is doing here. So I want us to imagine for a moment that we are the faithful Catholics of Corinth, and we receive this letter from our bishop, Paul, and we're wondering, what is he trying to tell us? Now, if you can remember, we've been reading this letter for three weeks now in sequence, and if you can reach back in the back of your mind and try to remember what we talked about, a few weeks ago, St. Paul gave us a list of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and it's not the gifts that you memorize in your catechism class, but it's a pretty close list. He says, the gifts are wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, mighty deeds, prophecy, discernment of spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So the passage we have today just a little later in the same chapter. Paul is revisiting this list, but he's showing how one single gift is just not enough. If I speak in human and angelic tongues but do not have love, if I have the gift of prophecy and comprehend all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have faith, if I give everything away and so on, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Now, if you really pay attention to him speaking there, he left one of the gifts out. Paul intentionally omits the first gift, wisdom, which is the most prized virtue for Greek culture. He's inferring that the bickering Christians of Corinth are bickering because they lack wisdom. They're unwisely exalting certain gifts over another. But even wisdom, Paul is saying, is not enough. So how are they exalting other gifts? St. Theodore tells us that Paul uses that example of tongues first because like our own culture, Greek culture, the economy, prized itself on the ability to interact in a sort of global scheme, right? They could trade with different cultures, speak different languages. And we sort of exalt certain gifts uh, over others in the same way in our culture today. We consider athletes to be heroes for their abilities, right? We're all trying to figure out if Tom Brady really retired or not yesterday. Um, or I'm going to get in my car as soon as Mass is over and speed back to Meridian because I want to see the AFC Championship. So we consider athletes to be heroes. Politicians are praised for their rhetoric, the way they impact culture. Society more and more is based upon vanity. We prize our external appearance, our weight, our muscle, our clear skin, our perfect hair, our uh, accessories, our clothing, our social media posts. We even have a term for this now. 
we call people social influencers. And they're usually people, attractive people, who have this charism and the ability to gain a multitude of followers in social media, and they can set trends. So much so that the economy's caught on, and people are now making a living today off of TikTok, right? So we're not living in a society that's much different from what St. Paul is talking about in Corinth, where we're exalting certain gifts uh, unwisely over others. And the words of Scripture are meant to apply to us. Now, don't misunderstand me. We do have gifts, right? A skilled athlete has a gift. An attractive person has a gift. A person with charisma has a gift. But St. Paul's point is that these gifts on their own are not enough for life in Christ. We care for, when we care for these gifts alone, we become like the Nazarenes in the gospel who were only interested in Christ's words because they thought he was going to entertain them with some miracle. And so what did Christ do? He didn't work any miracles for them. The miracles are good, but without faith, without love, they are nothing. They're empty. And that brings us to Paul's point. What is enough is love. It's a theological virtue. That's what the church calls it. The Council of Trent teaches us that faith, hope, and love are the most important virtues for the Christian life because they have God as their direct and principal object. And God himself infuses these gifts to us in baptism, directly into our soul with his sanctifying grace. So in other words, these gifts, these virtues of faith, hope, and love are most important because their true purpose is God. All of the other gifts we have only exist for a time. They're only useful for a time. Our languages, our strength, our knowledge. But a time will come that they're no longer useful to us. We get older. Eventually we're going to die. And they'll be brought to nothing, as St. Paul says. So these gifts are useful to us right now because they can help us move toward real and lasting virtue. So for instance, an influencer or a famous athlete who has useful gifts are given these gifts now, not simply so that they can be successful, but so that they can promote faith, hope, and love. And it isn't just them. All of us, as members of the body of Christ, are given particular gifts so that we can build up the church. Some of us can teach, some of us can raise children, some of us can give good witness, some of us can assist different cultures because of our knowledge of languages, some of us can sing, some of us do charitable work in the community, and so on and so on. But all of us have particular gifts which we are given so that we can bring people to Jesus Christ. And that is why St. Paul will list love as the greatest virtue. There is no greater love than to bring people to Christ. And this gift of love is the only thing which never fails. That is, it's the only thing that will benefit us eternally. So love, in this sense, isn't some sort of emotional feeling. St. Thomas will tell us that love will increase more perfectly within us as we grow in our knowledge of God. That's why St. Paul uses that image of the mirror in the reading today. He says, At present we see indistinctly as in a mirror, but then face to face. At present I know partially, Then I shall know fully. So our own gifts are partial glimpses of the infinite beauty of God. We are able to see more of God with our particular gifts and the gifts of one another. And our love of one another will help us not only to see each other's individual gifts as a gift, but to honor them and to appreciate them as a glimpse of the face of God. 
So the more we love one another, the more necessarily we will learn to love God. In this way, we can see how marriage is a sacrament of the love of God. Because in marriage, a man and a woman commit themselves totally to love one another despite any obstacle. The promises of marriage are unparalleled anywhere else in our culture except in the perfect and unfailing love of God. So with all of this as a lens, let's listen to that section that you usually just hear read at weddings. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. It is not pompous. It is not inflated. It is not rude. It does not seek its own interest. It is not quick-tempered. It does not brood over injury. It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. These words aren't meant to only apply to a bride and groom. They're meant for all of us. How are we using our own gifts in service of the love of God? Do we love the gifts of other people, or are we annoyed or even jealous of their gifts? Do we impose our unwill on others and are unable to even listen to the legitimate needs of people around us? Do we exalt something about ourselves over other people? Especially when people are seeking Christ, do we put down or mock the faith of other people when we don't understand it? If we do any of these things, then we do not love. And that's why the church has been able to exist for so many centuries. She doesn't impose a rigid uniformity upon her people, but she finds unity in the diversity of gifts, which are all given to build up the body of Christ, which is the church. Praised be Jesus Christ, now and forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.